for to show his excellence All I require for life God has given me And I know who I am We are the chosen generation We've been called for to show his excellence Because of the revelation our man of God keeps on giving to us every week. We welcome each and everyone back to Foot of Redemption. So let's begin to share the links across and within bodies for our friends and loved ones to join and get to know the word of God concerning their lives. So last week we, we learned a lot about the spiritual house and the man of God was able to link it to we being fleeing from fornication that one of the powerful tools to make someone or a Christian ineffective in serving God or using his giftings and anointings is, is when a person is involved in fornication today today he has really chided up and what he's bringing on board today i know it's going to blow your mind so let's get ready for him without wasting my time i want to invite brother ishmael to lead us in our soul food for today hello ishmael yeah good evening mm-hmm. how are you doing i'm good and you <laughs> I manage. You're welcome back. So what do you have for us for our soul food? Alright, today, um, this evening, we are going to feed our souls. <coughs> Sorry. So today's topic is be supply and abundance conscious. Be supply and abundance conscious. And the memory verse was taken from second corinthians chapter 9 verse 8 and it says and god is able to make all grace every favor and early blessings come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be sufficient possessing enough to require no aid or support them and finished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation amen so as christians never utter statements like things are things are tight i have to manage so no no you just you just uttered that word <laughs> i'm managing you <laughs> shouldn't utter that word again <laughs> yeah if i give or spend so much i won't have anything left 
to have such a mindset is to put yourself in a position to disadvantage and financial jeopardy. Never talk lack because you are the seed of Abraham and all things are yours in Christ. And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and hers according to the promise. Galatians chapter 3 verse 29. God wants you to live at the higher level of spiritual consciousness where your spiritual eyes are open to see that the whole world belongs to you. As you, con as you consciously develop yourself in God's word, you, are, you realize he's already given you everything that pertains to life and godliness lay calm to your possessions by walking in the light of his word walk in the practical consciousness of what the word says about your kingdom kingdoms rights privileges and possessions in christ jesus declare the lord is my shepherd therefore i refuse to lack doors of opportunities are opened unto me i am blessed and all my needs are abundantly supplied according to god's riches in glory by christ jesus there will be god the will of god and the certainty of the life of abundance he's called you into is clearly revealed in our opening verse he wants all grace every favor and early blessings to come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be sufficient possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation believe affirm and be conscious that your life in Christ is one of endless su supply and abundance. Learn what the word says about God's financial plan for his children, about tithes and offerings, sowing and reaping, giving and receiving. Practice them and see God's blessings multiply in your life. Amen. Amen. So today's focus is self-explanatory you should be conscious of who you are and then you should always and you should always utter positive words because you are a seed of abraham and all riches and glory belongs to your father amen your heavenly father so you should have that consciousness that you are rich in whatever that you do you are prosperous in whatever that you do you are fruitful in whatever that you do amen so let's take this confession dear lord dear lord you are my shepherd, you are my shepherd. therefore i can never lack therefore i can never lack i am walking in the light of my prosperity walking in the light of my prosperity i have access to wealth i have access to wealth 
of untold, untold. lack and wants aren't part of my uh, of my life lack and wants aren't part of my life because all things are mine in christ jesus because all things are mine in christ jesus hallelujah amen god amen. bless you for god sharing us you. with the soul food we are seated and we are about to get the message a man of god has for us today as i said earlier last week we really talk about fornication and i co- i made a quote here it says suffer less when you prevent people from using their bodies to serve god you suffer less so make sure you you guard your body so that you don't involve yourself in anything that will make you ineffective in your dealings with god hello man of god hello good evening good evening please how are you doing i'm doing great how is service yesterday uh service was awesome yeah. we had a worship service we really uh saw the manifestation of the presence of god wow. you know the presence of god is everywhere it's many presence but his manifested presence is not everywhere mm-hmm. so yesterday when we started with the worship we said, worship is god's food when you feed him well then he will manifest himself. And he saw the manifestation. Oh. And I've been really impacted by the service. Oh. You know, when the worship goes up, then blessings comes. I know all the all those who were there were nourished and empowered. If you feed him, he will also feed you mm-hmm. and nourish you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think you have already started for today. <laughs> My listeners also are ready for today's own since the church benefited yesterday from the manifested presence. It's our prayer that the manifested presence will also back today's word for our members and our listeners to be imparted. So, man of God, the platform is yours. First of all, I would like to greet all my listeners. I know that you have been blessed by the teachings. And today I'm going to continue from where I left off. I, I left off last week. And last week I was talking about us being the temple of God. And I used the text from First Corinthians chapter six, verse fifteen to twenty. And you see, as a Christian, God saved you for a purpose. And the purpose was to also, you see, it's like you have been saved to go and save others. So when God saves you, he gives you an assignment. He saves you, he empowers you for you to go out there to also what? You become his agent to also draw people into his kingdom. Because the devil knows this, he also throws arrows at us. And one of the things that he used to bring us down, to make us ineffective, is fornication. And this is one of the challenges of the youth. You see, the youth are very serious. The youth are very serious when it comes to God's work. And because they are young, they are strong. And the only thing that devil will use 
to bring them down is fornication. So always Paul was entreating the Christians. And here he was writing this letter to the Corinthian church. So it wasn't for the unbelievers. You see, for if you are an unbeliever and you are into fornication, it's not news. But if you are a child of God and a Christian, he says that we should what flee from it. So he's saying that we should not give even give room to it. We shouldn't even think about it. And he also said that even when we meet, we shouldn't even talk about it. It shows you the seriousness of that topic. And you see, the background of the Corinthian church was that they were using fornication sex as a form of worship to their gods. Now, they are born again and everything has become new. So he was always reminding them from, from the place they came from, from their background. He was telling them that you know your background, you know your history, so be careful. Now that you are in Christ, we have different set of rules. So be careful about these things. So in the same vein, as a child of God, you also know your background, where you, God brought you from. And most of the youth, they were engaged in this kind of things, fornication, before they became born again. So knowing this, you, you need to be careful that you don't do the things that you used to do. Because now it is a different ball game. Everything has become new. So the things that lured you into it, you shouldn't give it away into your life. Give room for that thing to what to attract you again. So I was advi I was advised the young men that one of the things is the boyfriend and a girlfriend relationship. You see, when you are in church, you can be. You can take the sisters as your own sisters, like uh, like uh, by, like uh, your biological sister, because that's what it is. We are a family, so a sister is your sister. You have one father. God is your father, so it's a sister, and take it aside. You see, Paul was advising uh, Paul was advising Timothy in that I know you are a young man and you are now a pastor. So respect your elders, those who are older than you. When he came to the sisters, he says, take them as what? Your sisters in what? Impurity. So if you see them that way, then there is no way you have to, what? You will not be atta emotionally attached to them because they are your sisters. Your sister in the house, you see, although he's a, he, she's a female, there's no physical attraction between you and your sister. You see? So when you see them in that, you will be able to flow. But the moment you, you get attached to them, you propose. I mean, that's what, uh, it changes everything. And a lot of the guys, the mistake that they make, is at times they have good intentions. They want to be free with a sister. They, want just, they are just flowing. But they are quick to propose. You see, when you propose, then it moves you into a different realm. Then you begin to see her as your wife. She will begin to see you as a husband. That's what it is. Because this is a spiritual. 
some of you they cook for you they wash your things for you is it and these are wifely stews they are making for you wifely soups then they are washing as uh, they're behaving like a wife then what will happen because they are behaving like a wife the intimacy then you become you intimate with her so there are certain things that as christian we shouldn't allow it you see you shouldn't allow it if you are going to propose make sure that you have about one or two years to marry then you, you can propose so that you plan and prepare for marriage. You pray about it. Then you court. That's why we have caution. Then you need you need to know. Tell him. Tell you tell her your dreams. Then she also tell you her dreams, her vision, and all those things. Then you begin to compare whether you'll be compatible. You see, but the same behavior that you had in the world, you have brought it proposing everywhere and one brother can propose to about five sisters because you don't know because now that you know that you are the temple of God and they are also God's temple and Jesus was, was saying that if you offend one of these it would have been better that you were not born people don't say if you offend one of these little ones if you offend one of these little ones it would have been better because of this, uh, whole ministries have been destroyed because of this. God was going to call you into a, a, a great ministry. But because of this behavior, then he will just leave you aside, put you aside, and go and pick somebody else. Because you cannot be trusted. You cannot be trusted. And most of the guys, they don't have their hairs on, I tell you. They have broken hearts and all. And these are God's people. These are God's daughters. So we need to be careful about some of these things. And you see, it's true knowledge that you, you, now I'm giving you knowledge about how to go about these things. I know you are young. Some of these things, you are getting old and all those things. Chemistries, every, something is happening within you and all that. But we have the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is there to help us to bring down some of these passions. You see, let the Holy Ghost lead you. Let the Holy Ghost lead you. And I know that through God's word, you will be strengthened to overcome some of these. Because the devil has seen your future. He has seen where God is taking you. So he will use this to come and what? Interrupt what God is doing. So that you will not fulfill God's purpose for your life. So that you will not get involved in the building of the kingdom of God. And at the end of the day, you will lose your reward you will lose your reward when you go to heaven. You will lose your reward. In the judgment day, you will not be rewarded. Although you will be in heaven. But you will not be rewarded. So we need to know what the devil is trying to do. You shouldn't be ignorant of the devices of what? Of the enemy. We shouldn't be. So as I said, that is why most emphasis are placed on our abstinence from uh, fornication, yeah, because we need you to work with. As a, as leaders, we need the brethren to work with because they are the ones to do the ministry. And if they are attached somewhere, if they are engrossed in something, and it's like it has become, uh, they have been entangled. They are not free to do what God wants them to do. Then, what that means as 
teachers, as leaders, we will be losing. We will be losing because you need somebody, you are training somebody so that they can go out there. But they are nowhere to be found, although they come to church. But their minds are not on what the work is. Because I tell you, Christianity is work. It's work. We are ambassador, his representative. We are his agent. So the church is an agency. The church is an agency where we are, you can call it the operational center of God. That's where God operates. So church is not just an ordinary uh, meeting. You come there, you see the operations of God. You see the graces of God. You see his glory. That's where his image is. So the church is like a brand. We are like a brand for God. We are his image. If you want to know God, come to church. If you want to know God, come to church. So these things, we shouldn't gross over it. We shouldn't push it or push it under the carpet. We should talk about it. It's very, very important. Now it's like it's, it's becoming a norm. We shouldn't allow it to become a norm. We need to talk about it. We need to make sure. But we don't have to just talk about it. We need to give reasons. We need to give reason. The reason why uh, the youth should abstain from it. The reason why. And that's what I've been trying to communicate to you. If you are listening to me. You see, I want you to listen to what I'm saying. It's because you are the temple of God. And because you are holy. And you have been consecrated. Set aside. You need to what? Put lay aside some of these things because there are consequences if you destroy the temple of God you yourself will also be destroyed and one way for you to be destroyed is a premature death a lot of premature death is as a result of what I'm talking about premature death you will not grow to hit certain age you see you see a young man, he is not sick, he is not suffering from any terminal disease, but get involved in accident and all those stuff. You see, it's as a result of this. If you destroy God's temple, you yourself will be destroyed. So Paul says this is against your own what? Your own body. It's not against God, it's against your own body. You are destroying uh, God's temple. So you also will be destroyed. If you destroy somebody else, you your temple will also be destroyed. So we, we should be careful about about these things. But today today I want to move a little bit. I want to move a little bit. You see, I've been talking about uh, the pattern that God gave to Moses about the building of the tabernacle, and God will not just tell you build; He will give you the dimensions and everything. So he gave, uh, he gave Moses a pattern for Moses uh, to build the temple. And, and the reason why he did that was that God wanted to come and dwell among his people. That, that has always been his intention. The reason why he created the earth, then he created man, Adam and Eve, was to come and dwell with them. So he created Eden. Eden means presence. So God created Adam and Eve in his what? In his presence. He created the garden and put them in. And they were in his presence. But because they submitted to the devil, 
See, the moment you submit to the devil, you come into his domain. So the moment they submitted to the devil, they were translated into the kingdom of darkness. And if you are translated into the kingdom of darkness, that means you cannot enjoy the presence of God. So God has to suck them from his presence. That's why they were driven out of the garden. And he sent uh, cherubims to come and guard what the garden. So man was driven. So from Genesis, you can know that God created man in his what? In his presence. Then later, he wanted to, uh, to come close because he had a plan. You see, God has a, a plan. He doesn't just embark on this plan and say, oh, I'm going to take some few years to fulfill it. No. He, needs what? he needed to what? prepare some people for that because it was a, a, a worldly plan, like a whole world world plan. So he needed people who represent him. That's why he picked Abraham, only one person. So through him, he was able to get the people of Israel. And he wanted to work with them, prepare them for what he had in store. Because he, in Genesis, when that happened, a man, um, uh, Adam and Eve lost their presence. There was a plan already there. And even Paul says that the plan was there before the foundation of the earth. Because God was not going to create robots. He was going to create uh, a man in his own image and likeness. And they had what, the power of choice to choose whether to serve him or not to serve him. So the plan B was already there before the foundation of, of the earth. So God set in motion his plan. So he told uh, Moses, build me a tabernacle so that I'll come and dwell. Those times they were dwelling in tents. So God also wanted to also dwell in tents. You see, are you catching what I'm saying? Yeah. Later, when Solomon built, they, when they were living in a block uh, house, houses, houses made with blocks and all that, you see, uh, Solomon also built a temple that is also made with blocks. Where you dwell, that's where I also dwell. But he couldn't dwell in them because that time they were under the dominion of the devil. They were in a different realm. They were not in God's realm. So he couldn't what? Dwell in them. Because that time the, the devil was, was there. You see? Uh -huh, so, but it, and it went on and on. Then Jesus came. You see, when Jesus came, he says, Jesus is also called Emmanuel. God is what? With us. And it was John who said that, and the word became flesh and dwell among us. So tabernacle means God dwelling place. Now Jesus is God dwelling among us, Emmanuel. And Paul says that all the fullness of the Godhead, what? Dwell in what? In Jesus. So you see, Jesus was the only one who was having the Holy Ghost living in him. The fullness of the God was in That's why he's called Emmanuel. God with us. So he was a God man. Who came to dwell with man. And he began to what? To initiate the plan of God. That God wanted to come and stay in man. So he brought it. 
and we know that he started his ministry he was killed and he sacrificed on the third day he resurrected now the access was open the access was there for us to what to gain access into the presence of god yeah so it was jesus who paved the way for his sacrifice the sacrifice was the what the veil that was standing between the holy place and the holy of what holiest so the blood of jesus paved the way for us for us to gain access into his presence and you see you can tie it to how the tabernacle was was built that was built by moses i'm talking about the one that was built by moses we can tie it to it because it has got uh three chambers we have the outer court the inner court the inner court is made of the holy of holies where the ark of the covenant is and the holy place then the outer court where the the brazen altar is and the lava is before you enter the the holy place so three chambers and you see as human we are also made in three we are made up of three compartments you have the spirit we have the soul then we have the body three because god created us in his own image god the father god the son god the holy god god is a triune god and he created us in his own image and likeness so they say three entities working together that we are also three entities but we are one but we have different operations designed differently so i want you to catch it how it is linked the reason why we are the temple of god i'm explaining the reason why we are the temple of god you see i've i've always told my listeners that the old testament the new testament is concealed in the old testament and the old testament is revealed in the new testament so the old testament are the shadows of the new testament and when you come into the new testament you will see the reality so new testament is the reality so through compartment god was trying to say this is my divine plan for man and this is how i made man and this is how it will be this is the pattern so before you enter the holy place there has to be some sacrifices there has to be some sacrifices before you get into the presence of God there has to be some sacrifices and when you get to the lava that's where they wash their hands the priest will wash their hands and order you see the lava was filled with water and when you get in you see your image your own image in in the the water and i will explain it to you so they get in when you get in you will see show the show bread the bread that was made for the priest it was only the priest that was supposed to eat that show bread and you have the lampstand and it was a lampstand that brightened the chamber it serves as a light for the chamber so that you can see that this is here and this is there and they have uh, another altar for incense so every day they put in incense that incense represent what our prayers that incense represent what prayers that show bread represent the word of god 
that lampstand also represents the word of God. Because the word of God, as David said, the word of God is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It is the light of God that will show you the way to go. It will guide you. Then the bread, you feed yourself. As you feed yourself, it will what? It will guide you. Then you pray. You see, prayer, that means prayer is very, very important. You see, that holy place rep uh, represents your mind. It represents your mind. And you see, as a child of God, prayer is very, very important. You see, prayer conditions your mind. Prayer conditions your mind. And when you study God's word, it fills your mind. That's why we have soul food. You need to feed your mind because your mind can be contaminated by the things of this world. So Solomon said, guard your heart. You see, when, when Solomon said, guard your heart with all diligence, because out of it comes issues of what? Of life. Guard your heart. It means guard your mind. Because your mind is the battlefield. So you need to always guide it. Because the holy place is what? Is your mind. The outer court is what? Is your body. But let, let me talk about the mind. Because the mind is very, very important. You see, when you pray, you condition your mind. When you feed on God's word, you condition your mind. Because always, the devil is always after the mind. Because your mind, the mind is the doorway to the presence of God. It's the doorway to your spirit. So he's interested because that is the doorway. If he's able to take charge of your mind, that means your spirit will be affected. Because I want you to understand that when Jesus came, the veil standing between the holy, the holy place and the holy of holies was what? Parted into two. It was removed. Now the spirit and the mind, they have become together. So whatever happens to the mind will affect your spirit directly. Now it, they have been what? Brought together. Because Jesus brought life to us. Jesus brought us and God together. Now there is peace between us and God. Now we are we are we, we have been what intertwined with God. We have become one with the Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. So there's no more separation. There used to be separation. Because when you were in the world, your spirit was dead. But now your spirit has become what? Alive. When you talk about spiritual death, we are talking about separation from God. But when Jesus came, he said, I'm come that he might have life. So your spirit man was infused with life and he became alive unto God. So now there's no partition. Your mind and your spirit, they have become what? One. So the devil is interested because now if he can affect your mind, then your spirit man will also be affected. That's why uh, uh, Paul was talking. I want us to read a scripture here. Paul was talking about the warfare that we are engaged in. Second Corinthians chapter ten, verse four. Second Corinthians chapter ten, verse four. Uh -huh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, uh -huh. but mighty through God. To but mighty through God. 
to the pulling down of strongholds to the pulling down of strongholds casting down imagination casting down imagination and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of god that exalt itself against now look at the warfare that we are engaging and all the the uh, devices of the enemy that he uh, Paul spoke about was all of them are in the mind he talked about what strongholds then what imagination and heighten that exhort itself against what the knowledge of God and they are all in the mind and he said the weapon that we have is not carnal but they are mighty through God to do what to pull down strongholds and he said when we talk about strongholds we are talking about something that is fortified something that is what fortified like something in your life that you are protecting so we have strongholds in cities something that you had that is hidden and is protected is fortified you see <clears throat> and all these things are attacks of the enemy because there are some christians you see although they are they say they are christians but they don't want they don't want god to have uh, or Je they don't want jesus to have access to uh, some places of their lives that place has become a stronghold they are holding on to it stronghold they are holding on to it strongly that jesus you are my savior but as for this place you don't have access It has become a stronghold. They only know Jesus as their savior. But they don't know him as their lord. That's what Paul was saying that you were bought with a price. You are not of you are not of your of yourself. You were bought with a price. But there are some so-called Christians, they only see Jesus as their what? As their savior. They don't know him as their lord. And they come for church services. They are with us. They are involved in ministry, involved in the uh, the departments and all that. And they are doing the face of ministry, but they only know Jesus as their what? As their savior, but not as their Lord. They don't know anything about the Lordship of Jesus. Although the Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is total liberty. But I tell you, freedom is not free. Because why? You were bought. And the one who bought you is your master. And now you have become what? A bond slave to him. So he tells you what to do. And this thing has become a stronghold. They are holding on strongly. But thank you for saving me. But what they don't know is that being saved is not enough. After being saved, you need to be translated into the kingdom of his son. Hmm. So your salvation is not, it's not complete. Your salvation is not complete. And this is the stronghold. And they behave as if they are Christian. They talk like they are Christian. You see, Jesus said, in uh, Matthew chapter 7 verse 10 it's not, he says that it's not everyone who says Lord, Lord, Lord will enter into the kingdom of heaven you see if you are listening I want you to listen to me carefully because this thing has become a stronghold I'm 
So they just say, Lord, you are my Lord. You are my Lord. You are my Lord. You see, for him to be your Lord means you submit to his what? To his will. You submit to his what? To his purpose. You submit totally to him. But how can you say he is your Lord? In some places of your life. If he is not Lord over all, then he is not Lord at all. That is Christianity. People don't know this. If he is not Lord over all your life, then he is not Lord at all. Because for you to be in the kingdom of heaven means you are under his governorship. You are under his authority. That's what it means. So when you are born again, that's why you see we need to what? You need to be taught these things for you to make sure that you are truly, truly born again because most people in church are not born again i tell you that's why church is important that's why we en encourage them to come for church services maybe one day they will have an encounter with the word maybe one day they will have an encounter with jesus and accepting what as their lord and what personal savior that's why you have to keep on coming because most christians are not born again because you see the path that we have been set on is a very is a very narrow path and jesus said only few walk on it because you cannot be a christian and do your own thing you cannot be a christian and say ah i own my own life i can do what i like everything that you do you should do it in the name of what of jesus because you are under his kingdom. You are in his kingdom. And you are under heart, his authority. So this stronghold. You need to deal with it. You need to pull it down. You need to pull it. Anything that you are trying to protect. Pull it down. Anything that you think that Jesus. Has, has no access to. You need to pull it down. And he talk about imaginations. You see these imaginations. As a man thinketh, So you see. You see, your mind is the seat of your emotions, your seat of your world. How you think about yourself is all in your mind. And as a man thinks, so you see. Some people are not born again, but they, they see themselves that they are not born again. Some people, it's like they have the Holy Ghost, but they think that they don't have the Holy Ghost. Most Christians don't know that they are the temple of God. That's why we teach these things, you see. They, they think that they are nothing. They are sinners. After being born again, they still see themselves as sinners. Do you know who a sinner is? A sinner is someone who is separated from God. The more you become born again, you cease to be a sinner. Some Christians, they see themselves as sinners because they have fallen backslided. But that doesn't make you a sinner. Because for you to become the temple of God, it means you are, you are, you, your, 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 your body is holy. For God to come and dwell in you. Do you know what it is for God to come and... <laughs> that, is it for, it, you have been, the Bible says you have been sanctified, consecrated, set apart. That's why he's able to dwell 
in you because you have been sanctified. You are called a saint, a holy one. That's why the term saint, that's what it means, the holy one. So if you are backslided, it means there is something, maybe you have opened a door for the enemy. That is why he says, you need to what? cast it down. This imagination, you see, it will make you weak. It will make you ineffective. Imaginations. You see yourself as you are poor, you are sick, you are those things. These are your own imagination. Jesus became poor so that through his poverty we might become what? Rich. And when we talk about rich, we are not talking about material things. Material things are what? A product of what has already happened on the inside. If you are blessed, it's more than having uh, physical blessings. If you are blessed on the inside, the product will be what? The physical blessings. I hope you are getting it. So us becoming the richness is in us. So our prosperity is in us. If you decide not to bring it out, that is your own concern. I hope you are getting it. That is your own concern. But it's in you. But most Christians don't see themselves that way. And you see, it says what? what? We cast it down. Those images, we cast it down. You feel like you are unworthy. You feel like you are poor. You feel like, you see, uh, you are a sinner. All these things, you see, it prevents us from what? Giving our all to what? To Jesus. It prevents us from being effective for us to do what he has called us to do. So all these things are fighting against us. And he says, you need to what? You need to cast it down. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, every high thing, and these high things, at times you think that there's a witch in your family that is trying to bring you down. There's somebody here doing you, like in our part of the world. We have so much uh, uh, superstition. So I'm not saying that witches are not there. They are there. I'm not saying demons are not there. They are there. And they have been there a long, long time ago. But this thing has become like that is our focus. And we believe more in the witches and the devils than we believe in angels. We are so conscious about them that all our prayer points is about them. We don't even pray about angels. We don't even talk about angels. We don't even, even in our prayers, we don't mention them in, in, in our prayers. Look at our prayer points. We don't see angels. We don't see, you don't see us dispersing angels, but they are there to minister to us. Do you know that because the presence, you have the presence of God, cherubims are also with you, even that one you don't know. I'll give you a revelation. Because you see, the cherubims, they guard the, 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 the throne of God. And now the throne of God is in you. So you have cherubims with you and you don't know. What you know is that uh, there are demons in your houses. So the first thing that you strike is demons. When, even when you are about to sleep, you are afraid. When you are eating, you are afraid. Look at the way you break and bind when you are about to eat. And Paul was saying that when you receive the food, just what? Give thanks. Because Paul knew who, who he was. He knew where he was seated. He said, every height in that has sought itself against the knowledge of God. He said, we are seated with Christ in what? In heavenly places. And these places are far above principalities and powers. So, 
The devil attack us with this high thing, but thank God we have the knowledge of God. Hallelujah. And where we are seated, it is higher than this high thing. So we what? We pull it down. We cast it down. Brother, I want you to continue. Casting down imagine every high that is what is against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity. And to bring into captivity. Every thought to the obedience of Christ. Every thought to the obedience of what? Of Christ. To the obedience of Christ. It's when I talk about the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We are talking about you obeying him to the latter. Christianity is all about the Lordship of Jesus Christ, I tell you. It's all about the Lordship of Jesus. So we bring everything under the obedience of Christ. If your obedience is not complete, you need to check where you stand, I tell you. You need to check where you stand. If your obedience is not complete. Because Jesus says, I know my sheep. My sheep, they hear my voice. And they follow me. I'm not saying that when you become born again, all of a sudden you become mature. That's why you need to come to church so that you'll be taught God's word. That's why you need to feed yourself with God so that what you grow. You need to desire the sincere milk of God's word so that you may grow thereby. That's not what I'm trying to say. Jesus said, follow me and what I'll make you. But so far as you are following, that means you are there. You are in. So far as you are following, I know you may have some shortcomings. You may have, but that's why the word of God is there. The word of God is light. So when light comes to you, every spot of darkness in your life will, have, will check out. Also, we need to bring all this under the obedience of what? Of Christ. So we need to fight it. And these things are up in our minds. So it's in our minds. Jesus gave a parable of the sower. And he said the farmer was sowing seeds. Some fell on the wayside. Some fell on rocks. Some fell on thorns. Some fell on what? On good grounds. And he explained it to the disciples that the, the grounds are what? The, 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 the soil are the heart of man. That is your mind. He was talking about the mind. He was talking about the mind. So you see, when we go out there to preach, we are just preaching. We are preaching, preaching, preaching. Some will fall on along the street eh? some on the what on the rocks some on the tongue some on what on good grounds these are four categories of people who are listening to us so you can preach to about ten people and only two will be converted we are talking about conversion here although they listen but it's a how their mind is processing what you are saying. Because <laughs> the seed will pass through the mind before it gets into their spirit. So if, if their heart is not conditioned well, the seed cannot pass through to get into their spirit. For their spirit man to be recreated. So you see how important the mind is. So as we are preaching, the Holy Ghost also helps us. It's the Holy Ghost that will what cause the conviction for them to accept the word before it can get into their spirit. So that's why we don't have to stop preaching. We need to preach and preach and preach and preach and preach till we get the, all of them converted. I tell you, 
At times you may preach to 20 people, only, only two will be converted. When you call for altar call, they were all about 15 will come. <laughs> 15 will show up, they will come forward. But it's not about you coming forward to accept Jesus. That's why if we come 10 times, they will come 10 times. Because they have not been converted. Conversion has not taken place. I'm telling you. I'm showing you the importance of the heart, of your mind. That's why the devil is interested. The mind. Jesus explained the reason why they, they couldn't receive the seed. He explained it to us. And it shows. So you, it's not about you coming to say, I accept Jesus. Do raise your, say, raise your hands. Say this after me. I take Jesus Christ as my Lord and personal Savior. It's not about mouth. It's not about just saying it. It is what happens after the event. That's the most important thing. So you see, in the holy place, that's why we have all these things. We have prayers. We have the word. You have, you have bread. The bread, you have to eat it every day. Every day. To condition your mind. To clear every spot of darkness. Every bad thoughts. Every thought, thoughts. You see, because all your actions comes out of our thought. Your actions are the product of our thoughts. That's why he say you should guard it. And how do you guard? You guard it with the word of God. You guard it with the word of God. Always you need to nourish yourself. When you get up in the morning, what do you do? You pray. Then what? You do your quiet time. Then you study God's word. And you see that you always be in the spirit. But if you don't do it, then so many things will gain access into your, your spirit, man. Are you getting it? Yeah, so many things will get in. And you see, let me talk about the Holy of Holies. The Holy of you have the Ark of the Covenant. And that is God, the, the throne room. That is the throne room. The Ark is there. When you look inside the Ark, we have the, 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 ten, the ten Commandments on tablets, two tablets there is there. We have the, the rod, the rod of Aaron. You see, the reason why the rod was there was because there was what? Uh, a revolt. We can say a revolution or something. You see, Moses selected leaders from the tribe because he needed people to work with. So God told him, select leaders and what? And bring them before me. And the Bible says he took the spirit that was from Moses and put it on them. But there was a time came that they revolted because they thought that they were in the same level as Moses and Aaron. But God has already chosen the people of what? The people of the, the, the Levites to be his representatives. You see, that's what I say. God cannot be stranded. You see, the, the first intention of God was to make all the people of Israel his representatives. But because of disobedience, God what? rejected them and chose. Because it was the Levites who chose to stand with Moses. They chose to stand for God. The other tribes, they, they, they disobeyed him. When Moses went up there to go and bring the Ten Commandments, they made their own God. And when Moses came, they were worshipping that calf. He got angry and what destroyed the, the Ten Commandments. That was the story behind it. So it was that day that God rejected them because of this act and chose Aaron. 
by God to a town that because they are operating in the giftings. And that's why I tell you that giftings, you see, people need to be taught to. Because you are operating the gifting doesn't mean that you are born again, I tell you. Because when you are in church, you can be imparted with gift, but that doesn't mean that you are born again. As an apostle, I can lay hands on you and impart gift to you. I can anoint you so that you can what carry the burden with me and operate like me, but that doesn't qualify you for you to, for you to say that you are a child of God. They had the anointing all right. They were prophesying all right, but they have not been chosen. And all their argument was based on uh, on uh, on the, the argument was based on what I'm talking about that they are all they have the gift. They also have the anointing. So they also have the right to come before uh, God. So it was back and forth. And God told Moses that, Moses, tell all the tribe of the people of Israel, tell the leaders to bring their rod. Tell them to bring their, their rod. And they brought 12 of them. And Moses took the 12 rod and took it before God. And the next day, it was only the rod of Aaron that budded. And Ammon's were on, on it. So it means that it was Aaron that has been chosen by God. And that day, the rod of Aaron was kept in the holy place. You see? So it showed that you have been chosen. It's the same thing that as a child of God, you have, what? You have been chosen. As a priest, they wanted to become priests. But it says if you are a prophet, it doesn't mean that you are a priest of God. If you are an anointed, it doesn't mean that you are a priest of God. If you can see vision, it doesn't mean that you are my representative. Because it is not by, it's not by elections. It's not by, we don't vote. It's not by elections that we come together. Because they told that, uh, we have, let's come together. Because for them, their tribe came together and they brought them to Moses. They were chosen by men, but not God. So you see, it is in the then the law, the law has been written in your spirit. So you are the law. <laughs> you see, you have become the law yourself. So you cannot, the law of Moses cannot what? Overshadow you. No, because you have become that, because the law is in your heart. Because God told the people. Covenant with the people of Israel. And this covenant will not be like the first one. But this time around, I'm going to put my spirit in them and I will put my words in them, my laws, in, and I will cause them to walk in my status. So look at the difference. He said, this time around, I will put my spirit in them, then I will put my heart, my words in them, then I will cause them to walk in my status. So you see, the, the law is there. Then if you if you look inside, you also see the uh, manna, the one that they were fed with. Manna. Manna also represents the word of God. And Jesus said, your great, uh, your forefathers, they ate the manna and they are dead. But a manna that is from heaven is here. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. So the fed, the word that you received that converted you is the manna, heavenly manna. Jesus is the bread of life. The life that you receive when you, 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 you are born again, that is the manna. And the manna is inside the ark of the covenant. I want you to catch these things. 
Because God was trying to show them that this is what I will do in the days that is ahead. This is what I will do. But now I am with you. But later I will be in you. So all these items represent something. That's why I'm telling you that you are the temple of God. The word has been written in your, in, your, in your spirit, in your heart, your spirit, your inner man. You have received the life of God. You said, I'm the bread of life. I am the bread of life. I'm the manna from heaven. He said, when you eat this manna, you will never die. If you are saved, you are saved forever, I tell you. If you have life, you have life. It's not like... So if you have some, some, you had some doubt and all that, that means you need to check it. If you have doubt, you need to check it. He said, when you eat this manna, you will never die. That means you have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believing will not perish but have an everlasting life. That is Christianity. Christi if you are a Christian, you have assurance. If you are a Christian, you have hope. He said, Christ in you is the hope of glory. You have hope. So all these things are in you. You have been chosen. You have the life of God. That is the manner. And you are the law yourself. She said, therefore, there is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. So no one can condemn you. I tell you. No one can condemn you. If you are doing something wrong, you know. You know. If you derail from the path, you know. He said, the anointing you have received, it abides in you. And this anointing, the unction, this anointing will teach you all things. You see, you don't need anyone to teach you. You don't need anyone to teach you. You see, this same anointing, what? Will teach you all things. So if you are really a child of God, I tell you, if you fall into sin, you will not feel comfortable. You will never be comfortable. Because you are judged to, you are a judge to yourself. You are a judge. Don't you know that you are a judge? You are a law to yourself, your own self. That's what Paul was saying that we are going to judge the world. We will judge, we will judge the angels. Because you carry God's throne. You are the throne of God. You are the, the throne of God is in you. You are in you on your throne. You are on your throne. He said, We are seated together. Do you know what it means? Seated together with Christ. Do you know what it means? So, you see, when you tied all these things together, you see, some of you don't understand the Old Testament. It takes the Holy Ghost to reveal these things to you. It will take the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. You see, when he comes, he will what? He will show you things to come. He will teach you. He will give you understanding. He said, now you don't have the capacity. But when he comes, you have the capacity to understand some of these things. I know some of you, you are finding very difficult to understand. But may you be imparted with the spirit of revelation and understanding in the knowledge of God. Because this is the knowledge of God. Because if you don't know who you are, that means you are in crisis. You are in crisis. You need to know who you are. That you are the seat of God. <laughs> that is where God is seated. He is seated in you. The glory of God was also in that place. The glory, it was like a cloud. And it is this cloud that was what? 
that was guiding them. When they see that the cloud is lifted, then they will move on. When it stays, then they will also stay. So it was the cloud that was what? That was guiding them. And that cloud represents the Holy Spirit. You see, it is the Holy Spirit that brings the presence of God to us. It is the Holy Spirit that brings the presence of God to us. It is the Holy Spirit that brings the presence of Jesus to us. So that cloud also represents what? The Holy Spirit. And you have the Holy Spirit in you. The Holy Spirit is in your spirit. You have become one with the Holy Spirit. So you can see that things are becoming clearer to you now. That the tabernacle that Moses built was you. It was the blueprint of what God was trying, was what was going to build. That was the blueprint. And he showed it what to Moses and Moses to build it. Although they didn't live to enjoy it. They didn't live to enjoy it. All of them, they didn't live to enjoy it. That's why Jesus was saying that. He said, your forefathers wanted to hear what you are hearing, but they, did, they, they, they couldn't hear. They wanted to see what you are seeing now. But they couldn't see. But he says, your father Abraham saw my day and he was glad. They saw it far in their dreams. But they were not partakers of it. That was what they were yearning for. That is what every man is yearning for, I tell you. I tell you, there is a vacuum in a man and only God can occupy that vacuum. Every man, they are all searching for God. They are all searching for his presence. Because man lost something when... They, they submitted themselves, Adam and Eve submitted themselves to the rulership of the devil. We lost his presence. We lost the spirit of God. And Jesus came to bring us his spirit back to us. Now, as children of God, we have his spirit. It has been, it has been given to us as a seal. The Holy Spirit has been given to us as a seal. So Paul says we are the workmanship of God workmanship of God. We are the product of God. And you see all the companies, when they make a product, they will put their logo on, on it. They will put their logo on it. And God has also placed his logo on us. And that is the Holy Spirit. That means that you belong to him. If you don't have his spirit, you don't, you don't belong to him. You see, you have his presence. But if you want to see the manifestation of his presence there is a process that you need to go through so i was telling you that before you get into the holy place you have to what pass by what the brazen altar there should be some sacrifices that's why when we are about to pray we will worship we give him what sacrifices the lips the fruit of our lips is sacrifices that we offer to god so you have to put something on the altar. You cannot just walk in. When Jesus, when the disciple told Jesus to teach them how to pray, he said, Heavenly Father, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. You see, you have to worship him first before you can gain access into him. So all this shows how we get into his what? Into his presence. See, when you're about to pray, then you start praying. You will not feel anything. You will not feel anything. I'm talking about if you want to feel, because the prayers for the presence is there. He's in you. But I'm talking about his manifested presence. 
if you want to feel him, if you want to know that he is there, if you want to know that he is with you, if you want to know, then you need to go through the process. And the tabernacle is there as a, as a shadow. You can go through that same process to get into his presence. So you need to sacrifice. Worship. If you want to feel him more, the sacrifice also means you need to deny yourself of so many things. Because prayer, before you can pray, you know that you need to sacrifice your time. You need to set time aside. You need to really, really make up your mind that you are going to pray, I tell you. <laughs> because your, your flesh will not allow you. So you need to put your flesh on the altar. You know, some of you have declared service. Uh, ah, this week I'm going to pray, and that this the, that week that you you will not even attempt. So don't don't even say it. Because <laughs> I say this week the way I will pray this week. I say hey, this week, hey, this month the way I will pray. But you see, you have to sacrifice. You need to deny yourself. You need to. Stop watching the movies and all that. You need to set time aside and all that. You need to cancel some engagement somewhere and all that. And really set yourself apart. And it comes with sacrifice. Sometimes you need to carry your cross in order to pray. So it comes with sacrifice. Then what? You come. It's when you, you, you sacrifice, you deny yourself that you see the real you, your identity. That's where the lava is there. I see when you look to the lava, you see yourself. You see, some of you, because you don't have a prayer life, so it's like you have nothing. It's like you are not anointed because you don't have a prayer life. You don't have a prayer life. You don't fellowship with God. So it's like you are dry, you are weak. It's like there's nothing is happening. So you feel like, no. But if you can be in that state for so long, Brother, you are not born again. <laughs> because you see, as a baby, as a baby, if a baby is hungry, the baby will cry. The baby will cry for food. So if you are not crying, crying, like if you are not in a hurry, like you can be out of fellowship with God for a month. Is it possible? Can you survive it? Can you really survive it? If you can survive, that means something is wrong. You need to come for checkup. We need to do some uh, some test on you. Take you to spiritual lab so that we can perform some test. Because it's, I tell you, it's serious. So you need to offer sacrifices. Then that's where you will see who you really are. Then what? You move in. You move into the holy place. The holy place, as I told you, you need to do it consistently. Because that place, they always they were putting in incense daily. The bread, daily. Everything was what? Daily. So you cannot say, uh, I've eaten today. And the next one week, I'm not going to eat. Daily. I'm talking about if you want to see the manifestation of God's presence in your life, you do it what? Daily. Then you, into what? Usher you into what? Into the holy of holiest. Then you begin to feel his presence. Even wherever you are. At your workplace, you will feel his presence. When you are in your lecture room, you will feel his presence. Even when you are doing something, you will feel his presence. And you will know that God is with you. And if God be for you, who can be against you? You see, that's what brings strength. It brings assurance and everything to you. 
You see, so there is a process into his presence. It's the same thing that God instructed Moses. The Moses do this, do this, do this. Before you can what? You can enter. It was only one priest, the high priest, who was supposed to enter. But Jesus entered it for us as our heart, as our high priest. And that was the end of it. So Aaron's priesthood ministry has ended. We have now come to replace Aaron. Amen. And we have his presence. So you can feel the presence of God. If you go through the process, I just took you through. You see, I'm trying to prove to you that you are what? The temple of God. And all that you have to do is what? Guard your heart. Guard your mind against anything. And how do you use to guide your mind? Prayers and what? The word of God. If you do it daily, there's no way you fall for the temptation of the enemy. There's no way that you conform to this world. He said, don't conform. It's a command. Don't conform to this world. But be ye renewed. Be what? Be transformed by the renewing of what? Of your mind. You see, he didn't say of your spirit because your spirit has already been what? Transformed, translated into the kingdom of light. So your spirit doesn't need repentance. It is your mind that needs repentance. Yeah, and if you do this thing daily, so you try it and see. You find very difficult to sin, very difficult to fall, very difficult, I tell you. And if you do it daily, you see yourself walking in the light of God's word and you will go and find what? The will of God for your life. You will not just know. No one will force you. You will just know. But if you don't do it daily, that's where the doubt will come. And the, the devil will bombard you with so many things. And at the end of the day, you may feel like you are not even a child of God. Yeah. So that is the word of I'm going to end here so that I'll give you opportunity to ask questions. So that was a very powerful word from a man of God, the temple of God, in relation with the tabernacle. I realized that from the tabernacle to Solomon's temple and to Jesus Christ, and he now lives within us. So I think if you relate everything, it's like Trinity, Trinity, Trinity. Yeah. That's a rep- no wonder I have three names. Even. <laughs> it's a revelation. So, Pan of God, please. I have a question. And you were talking about how to feel the manifested presence of God. Yeah. And He gave us a process or the method at which we can do it. And in your submission of the word, you made mention that there are people who can really operate in the giftings of the Holy Spirit and still things that they are born again in which they are not and i can the question is can those people also go through the same method and still feel the manifested presence of god <laughs> is it before you can feel his presence you need to have his presence already you see 
the presence has to be there in your spirit. You have to be one with him. So when I talk about the operations of the giftings, giftings can be imparted. And it will not last. If you work under a prophet, it's just a matter of time you also will start prophesying. You see, you can be imparted with that same gift, with the laying on of hands and coming under the cloud of the prophetic. But you shouldn't be deceived. He said, Many will come that and they will say, I'll prophesy in your name, I did this in your name, and all that. But he says, Go away, you work off iniquity. I don't know you. How can this happen? How can this happen? He said, I know my sheep. And my sheep, they follow me. So for Jesus, he said, I don't know you. That means the foundation. There's something wrong with the foundation. You see, you see, the kingdom is like two people who are building. One built his house in the sun. The other built it on a rock. I say, a storm will come. If you build it in the sun, the, the building will collapse. But the one who built it on the rock, and the rock is Jesus Christ. So that's what the kingdom, you see, we can say that we are all in the kingdom. We are all building, building. But it will be tested with a what? A storm. Some people will come like they are working in ministry and all that. But when there is a storm, we are talking about longevity here. We are talking about sustainability here. A lot of ministries are dead and gone. Why? Because it was not built on the rock. Their own lives were not built on the rock. But they got involved in the work. As for the way you can come and get yourself involved. As Korah and the other guys, they were involved. They were working with Moses. By the end of the day, Aaron was picked. It was only Aaron who got access into the Holy of Holies. That's what I'm talking about. This Christian life is a narrow road. It's a narrow road way. And only few will find it. I tell you. Because when you are walking on it, it's, you have to live a restrictive life. A restrictive life. And the Holy Ghost is there to help you to walk that life. So if you, don't, if you have it, you have it. If you don't have it, you don't have it. So it's not like mm, uh, um, you are here, you are. No, no, no. If you are in, you are in. And we need to communicate it effectively to let people know. They need to know where they stand. It's either you are with Christ or with, you are with the devil. Because if you open a school, all categories of people will come for, for school, for schooling. Is that not so? Yeah. <coughs> so, brother, I tell you, I, I know you always ask this question. Don't be me. I know what I'm talking about. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived by giftings and all that. It's power. It's power, I tell you. Jesus gave them power when they were not born again. He said, I give you power. For all the powers of the go. For example, when you go heal the sick, raise the dead, they were not born again. They went there, they were excited and all this. And, all. and when they come back, they say, you shouldn't be happy about this, but you should be happy that your names are written in the book of life. You see, we have two book of lives here. 
It doesn't mean that they were born again because at that time it was impossible for you to be born again. He was talking about those that are alive. He was saying that you should be happy that you are alive to see this. Because Abraham and all your forefathers they died without sin. You should be happy that your names are in the book of life. For you to be alive to see this sin, it, it, it shows that God is with you. And that means if he's with us, that means he can be in us. We have the Lamb's book of life. This kingdom, because the kingdom of heaven belongs to Jesus, I tell you. He is in charge. And you know that there will be a new heaven and there will be a new earth. And then we are, not, we are not going to say stay in heaven. The new heaven will come down, the new Jerusalem. Peter said, I saw the new Jerusalem coming down. The new Jerusalem will come down. And Jesus will be the God of that kingdom. So you need to understand it. That's why he said, I know my sheep. Yeah. So on judgment day, uh, he says, my sheep can't stand at my right. Then the goods. <laughs> As if some will come wolves with sheep what? Clothing. Wolves with what? Sheep clothing. As if these will come even performing miracles and hear us. Even the elect will be deceived. So you see, some of we, we need to watch Jesus' words. Watch, watch it. So don't be deceived by manifestation of power. I'm talking about his presence. His presence, my God. The sweet presence of God. It's very sweet, I tell you. Practice it, and you, when you get in, you um, it's more than you having a one million dollars in the bank. I tell you, it's sweet. Wow, wow, that's powerful. And also, I want to clarify this thing for my listeners. I know some of them concerning the lordship of Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean, people still think that as Christians, they still have choice and they will tell you that I still have to do certain things uh, so I want you to clarify for them those people those that think that they still have a choice as being Christians concerning the lordship of Jesus Christ as a Christian you cannot have a choice your choice should be Christ as Paul said the life that I live is not ideally for me to live is Christ you need to live for him because he is your Lord. He is your master. So you cannot have any other choice. He tells you what to do. That is Christianity. You see, when the word gets in, it will be easy to follow. He said, my burden is what? Light. When you are in, it's easy. Because you have his spirit. You have his life. You have become one with him. What he likes, he also likes. So it will not be difficult for you. If you are finding it difficult, then we need to check you out. We, need, we really need to check you out. And you see, there are some people that, as I said, that some people are babes. That's how I talk about uh, spiritual maturity. Because a babe, you need to shout to a baby, Hey, sit! Uh, so at times you know, they are at that level some of the there are some categories of people they are at that level you need to shout at them you need to instruct them you need to check them 
every now and then you need to call them to see oh, hey, where where are you where are you <laughs> like if you leave, <laughs> if you leave them that's why we need to accept uh, those who are mature we need to accept responsibility of what taking care there is a lot of taking care of them we need to watch them you need to do this so you may start like you see you say that babies are are stubborn they, but they are also obedient they are also oh, they have faith babes they also have faith they have some traits you see I, I i told you that a baby has got the potential to speak the potential to walk to, to run and all that and it's in there but when you feed it well feed the baby well all those potential will begin to manifest so that's why those who are mature we need to feed we need to feed them that's what jesus told peter if you love me feed my what my sheep uh, but those who are they have been with us for some years five years ten years they are still resisting god's world for their lives still uh, they, do, they, do, they are not part of us hmm. and you see they are still dragging them to church and all that no they don't have it they don't have it and some of them will leave the church and all that uh, you say if they are with us they would have been with us but because they were not with us that's why they left that's what John said. Yeah. So you cannot be uh, a servant of Christ and still be resisting his word for your life. <laughs> that judgment they be. <laughs> wow. Uh, the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Eh? Obeying him to the latter. Yeah. Uh, obeying him to the latter. If he is not Lord of all, then he is not Lord at, at all. all. This is this is just the truth and nothing else. This is just the truth and nothing else. I think uh, it's high time we all come to the realization that this is who we are. This is this is the kingdom that we find ourselves in. These are the rules and regulations that guide this kingdom. So we should go by it and then we will be prosperous in all our ways. Yeah. I know my sheep and they also know me. And they follow. And they follow his words and his command. And I love the part that the man of God said, What happens after receiving the word is what matters. So it's not about you saying amen to the word, but it's about the afterward message that you heard. So our fellow listeners, it's not always about being happy with the word of God that comes here every Monday, but it's about the outcome of the word of God in your heart or in your life. So guard your heart with all diligence. I love that scripture. I never knew this scripture could be broken down into that pieces. For the weapons of our warfare are not kana. But mighty through go to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imagination, and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. All these warfare or the weapons of this warfare were being targeted in our mind, and we need to do all this to come into the obedience of Christ. So you can still be at the casting down imagination until you reach 
the obedience of Christ, you might be manipulated by so many things that is happening in this world, which we have to guard it. Amen. Amen. So God bless you, Pastor Joseph Osesibi, the general overseer and founder of Kari City Gospel Center. It's a very powerful revelation. As I said, that we are still at the preface of our messages. We have not yet entered into the chapter one. So if you are here, and this is your first time listening to us this is fruit of redemption on plus radio we come here every monday at 4 p.m to give you nothing else but truth as brother ishmael said so before we leave you want the man of god to share his last words before okay yeah uh before i leave uh, next week i want you to uh come online to listen because I will move ahead because of the question that our brother brought. You see, we have spiritual maturity and I think I, I have to get into it so that people will know where they stand. Uh, it talks about the classes. The classes, you know, we go to school, we have uh, uh, crutch, nursery, we have the primary, upper primary, lower primary, then junior high, senior high, tertiary, even tertiary, we have classes. Yeah, so you need to know where you stand. So I will talk about spiritual maturity because I think we have to tackle that so that uh, some of the questions that you have in your mind because uh, you need to know where the class that you are in. Because at times, if you are exhibiting some behavior that is contrary to God, so it doesn't mean that you are not born again, but it shows the class that you are you are yeah so that's why i need to bring uh these teachings so that it will help our listeners mm -hmm. to know that they have work to do <laughs> and they will also have the desire to grow yeah to move from one level to so another yeah because we are trying to build a superstructure yeah so that you can really operate as a priest as his representative and it takes time to do it so that when I when I spelled out all the classes I think you will find your own <laughs> <laughs> so that you know what to do yeah to upgrade yourself yeah so God bless you and it is my prayer that your eye of understanding may be enlightened Amen. so that you may see the hope of God's call upon your life Amen. and also see the incomparably power that raised up Jesus Christ from death. Amen. Amen. Ishmael, your last words. Alright, so my name again is Nana Ousijin and I was here with my co-host Ishmael Boatin. And as the man of God said, next week you are going to have the spiritual maturity thing because most of the messages, when you know your stand, probably you know that you are a born again Christian, just that maybe you don't know the class that you are in. So God bless you for joining us for today's Fruit of Redemption on Plus Radio. See you again, same time next week, 4 p.m. God bless you. All I require for life, God has given me, and I know who I am. We are a chosen.